Hey, hi, hello, welcome. My name is Bryn, as always, and welcome to Bryn's Avatar Ramblings. So today, I'm going to talk a little bit about the impact that Yue's death had on Sokka throughout the remainder of the series, and a little bit in Legend of Korra. I'm just going to mention one example from Legend of Korra. Um, obviously, trigger warning, we're talking about death, we're talking about the impact that it has on people. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what's happening here today. So let's... Uh, jump right into it, I guess. Oh, obviously spoilers. If you haven't seen Avatar or The Legend of Korra, watch them as always. I preface this every time and I'm not entirely sure why I do because at this point it's like we're several episodes in. You should know this, but go watch Avatar. It's incredible. It's got a lot of incredible themes and we're going to talk about some of them today. So to recap Yue's death, Sokka was told to protect Yue during the battle at the Northern Water Tribe. That was his sole duty, was to make sure that Yue was okay, that nothing happened to her, that she wasn't hurt in battle or taken prisoner or anything ridiculous crazy like that, because let's be honest, that wouldn't be that out of the blue for the Fire Nation. So that was kind of Sokka's job, and that really, really leads into the impact that it has. So Yue obviously gave up her life to become the moon spirit. That was her choice. It was not Sokka's doing. It was not related to him in any way, but that's what happened. So by giving up her life, it put Sokka in a position of, well, I didn't not protect her, but I didn't protect her at the same time. Like there's, there was nothing more he could have done but he still feels at fault because this is something that he was entrusted to do. He was told, hey, protect my daughter. This is your job. This is your purpose right now. And he failed. Yue died. She gave up her life. So the impacts of this event are seen with Sokka throughout the remainder of the story. And I think that's a really interesting thing to do because it, you know, to me, it shows great character development and great growth from Sokka and it really it puts an emphasis on how he cares about people. So the first example that I really want to talk about in particular is at the swamp. So obviously all of the people are having their visions at the swamp and Katara has a vision about her mother and Aang has a vision about Toph because Avatar, future, whatever. But Sokka has a vision about Yue and Sokka is the only vision who actually got talked to. So we heard Toph laugh, Kaya said nothing, but Yue directly spoke to Sokka. And the words that she says were not we we can gather from the other visions that these are not amalgamations of the real characters or the real people but rather the internalized view that these people have of these characters, right? And so the fact that when Yue talks to Sokka, her words are, you didn't save me, tells us something about how Sokka feels about the event. He, although it's illogical, although it's not true, he deeply feels like he did not save Yue and that her death is his fault and that he could have saved her, he could have done more, he didn't fulfill his duty at this time. It, it implies a lot of, of grief and a lot of bad feelings from Sokka about the event. And 
this happens very shortly after the death itself. It's not that many episodes after. Of course, it is a whole other season, but Yue's death was that, that last episode of season one. So this happens in season two very, very early on. And it allows, it allows us to see the impact of Yue's death throughout the entire show afterwards, as well as gives us a very clear line of sight that yes, this isn't something that you're making up. Sokka really does feel that he could not save Yue and that this is his fault and this is his problem and this is what he did. And so with this understanding, we're able to move forward and we're able to look at his interactions with other people and specifically females who he places this need on himself to protect because he was not able to protect Yue. He was not able to protect the other girl that he loved. And he loved Yue. That was, I feel like Sokka loved Yue. Maybe that's my opinion, but I really do feel like what they had was not fleeting. I don't, I don't know if it was necessarily a hundred percent romantic love. I feel like it was definitely, there was, there was something deeper than just, oh, you're kind of cute as, as we are kind of like shown. So, this kind of understanding that, that Sokka has within himself, that it is now his sole duty, or not sole duty, but it is one of his major duties to protect the people around him, because he was not able to in the past. That was not something he was able to do. He couldn't protect Yue, and therefore he has to atone for his sins in some way. And so, we see this... I, I said earlier, specifically with females, but also with Hakoda in the Boiling Rock episodes. And so it's not that he feels like he lost his honor when he couldn't protect Yue. It's more that he feels that he is responsible when he knows that he's not. So obviously, let me get to the point. I'm rambling. Haha. <laughs> Isn't that funny how I named the podcast that and here I am. Um, but so, for example, Suki. So there's a very, very clear this is the purpose episode when it is the Serpent's Pass episode. I don't remember the number, but it's sometime in book two before they're at bossing, say. So it's probably like early to mid, I'd say, book two. I can't remember exactly. But they meet back up with Suki, who we know that Sokka loves in some capacity at this point for sure. We don't know necessarily romantically. It's kind of there. It's kind of not. But that's not really the point. The point is that Sokka can love people. And this is, this is a human thing. People can love other people and it doesn't have to be romantic. Love it comes in many forms. And this is something that Sokka feels very, very clearly on. So... He, this is, this was made very clear in the show that this is derived from the fact that he couldn't save Yue. This is because he's, he's overprotecting her. He's like saving her from falling rocks. He's making sure she doesn't have spiders on her, her blanket or whatever. He's like picking a spot for her to sleep and all that. And then there's this really beautiful shot where they're about to kiss and you see the moon in the background and they don't. And so 
To me, that shot in particular speaks volumes to how Sokka's feeling at this point because it, it highlights this is derived from Yue, what had happened with Yue, and this is impacting him currently. So this is, again, several episodes even after the, the Swamp episode had happened, really. This is, this is continual. This isn't going away. This isn't something that's just fading from Sokka. This is a part of him now. And I think that's really good. That's really interesting. And so the fact that he has this need to protect Suki now in book two, mid-book two, right? It, it is setting up for later on when it is less obvious why he is protecting the people he loves. So it's derived from this, this understanding that, okay, he has had this vision where he saw... Yue, he was spoken to by Yue in his own depiction, his own mental understanding. He feels like he couldn't protect her. He feels like her death is his fault. And then we get this, this interaction with Suki where it's very clear that he is overprotecting. He is being very, very overprotective because he could not protect people in the past. And so then we get to the less obvious examples, which happen later on, and specifically I'm going to talk about book three. So we'll start with Hakoda first, because I think that's, well, they're both pretty not obvious, but this one is different because it isn't a female that he loves, it's his father. But he feels responsible. Again, he feels responsible for his father getting captured. He feels like this was his fault because he was the one who had the invasion plan and it didn't work out and so therefore he has to save his father. And this does derive from honor, which is different from the other examples because this is him saying, "Okay, well I need to get my honor back. I need to I need to whatever, like I'm Zuko now apparently, but this still derives from this I couldn't protect you. I couldn't save you. And so it's it's continuing continuing this line of thought that he's had through Yue, through Su Suki, and now through Hakoda that I couldn't protect you, and therefore I have to atone. And so with Suki, he didn't really not protect her from anything at that point. So he's more atoning for Yue's death in the way that he treats Hakoda because he's proving to himself more or less that he can protect people, that he can save people, that he is worthy. He is showing himself that although he makes mistakes, that is not the end-all be-all. There is still a chance for renewal. There's still a chance to come back from this. And the reason I say that is because he treats Hakoda in this sense like someone he needs to protect, where that is not true. Hakoda can handle himself, and Sokka knows that, but the fact that he's going on and he's, he's taking this responsibility, he's bearing this weight that he didn't need to hold, is, is indicative of what had happened with Yue. So it's at this point becoming apparent in the storyline that this is something that Sokka does, this is part of who he is, he takes responsibility for things that he doesn't necessarily need to take responsibility for, and I do believe that this is in part probably derived from the way that his mother died because he had no hand in that and he had no he couldn't save her he couldn't help her i i feel it's in part because of that but in 
reality this is directly stemmed from Yue's death. And so then my favorite examples happen in the last I the last four episodes are really a movie. In my eyes, you can't watch them separately. You have to watch them together. So those last four episodes in the entire series where it's heavily based around this, this trio of, of Sokka, Toph, and Suki, right? And so it's Sokka and these two females who, at this point, it is very clear that he loves. Not romantically. I'm not saying that it's just romantic love. It's, it's, it's this platonic, deep, real love for another human. And he has that for both Toph and Suki, and then obviously on top of that for Suki, he also loves her romantically, that's made very clear, they're dating, whatever. So, part of what happens in these last four episodes to Sokka mirrors, in a way, what happens to Yue. It happens to Suki, because he is not able to save her. And so she goes away, and we, we find out later, obviously, she comes back. However, that's not, in Sokka's mind, that's not apparent, right? Like, she's gone. Suki, Suki's out. D- goodbye. Like, and it is another example of someone he couldn't save. And so this is, it, it's... He can't save people he loves. And this is something that you can kind of see grinding on him throughout these episodes. It's like, okay, well, how do I protect the people I love? How do I protect the people I love? And this is a reoccurring theme for Sokka and his character. And it's it's a reoccurring theme throughout the entire show is how do I protect the people I love? And it's it's a very apparent through this this thought process of Yue's death and whatnot. So Suki is gone. He couldn't protect her either. And so then it's just Toph and Sokka, right? And so there's there's a really neat split second thing that happens in one of the scenes where they jump onto one of the airships and Sokka jumps on top of Toph. And the reason why I specify this part in particular is because Toph can handle herself. On these airships, she can see because they're made of metal and she can metal bend and you know the drill. However, at this point in Sokka's mind, he has lost Yue. He has lost Suki. The only person that is left for him to protect is Toph. And so no matter what, he is going to protect her. He is going to save her. He is going to atone for his sins with Suki, atone for his sins with Yue. He's going to prove to the world and to himself that he can protect people. And so he jumps on top of her and and protects her from like falling debris and whatnot. And so this, it's really, it's really quick. It's really a couple of seconds, if that. And so this this small detail that is so undermined and so not obvious in this show is such a big character development for Sokka because it shows that he is learning how to protect the people he loves and that's big that's in a way in a big way this three second little bit that we see at the end or at the end of one of the scenes shows Sokka's arc throughout the Yue died, I can't protect people, I'm learning to protect people, I can protect. And so we see it again, obviously, when 
he breaks his leg and he's holding on to Toph and he just won't let go no matter what and she's crying and it's emotional and it's traumatizing and it's this experience again of I need to protect the people I love and that keeps coming back for Sokka and it started with Yue and you can see the effects are very apparent because of Yue. Like, if that hadn't happened, this would not be nearly as obvious throughout the entire show. And that really drives home the importance of Yue's role in the entire, in the entire show, not just that those three episodes where you get to see her. And so, Suki comes back, right? And so that's this big moment of, okay, well, maybe I can, can protect people. And so it really hits hard for Sokka. And so that's kind of like this full circle thing of I don't always need to protect the people I love. And if that's not beautiful and if that doesn't demonstrate his character development, his growth so deeply, he learns how to protect people he loves and that he doesn't always have to. And it really, really nails home this idea of Yue's death because he couldn't protect her, but he also didn't need to. It wasn't his job at the time. It wasn't that he couldn't protect her, is that he didn't need to. He didn't have to. It wasn't part of what was in the cards. This was Yue's choice to give up her life to become the moon spirit. And so, just to drive home the fact that this is a big part of the show, we continue to see this in Legend of Korra. And I'm specifically thinking of the scene where we see the blood bending happening in the flashback. And Sokka is being blood bent, and so is Toph. And we see the camera zoom out from Sokka, who's clearly looking at Toph. And it goes back to this. I couldn't protect the people I love. Because although there was nothing Sokka could do, he still feels responsible. This was something he should have been able to take care of. He should have been able to save her, but he couldn't. And so it again, it really drives home this whole idea of, of how do I protect the people I love and when do I protect the people I love? And so with this, I see more importance in Yue as a character, in Yue's death as a character, in, in the entire, uh, the entire, like, storyline, the entire plot that she has, and its impact on him later on, and how she keeps coming back in his mind, and that's very clear in the show, and that's very realistic to real life. And this was a lot, but this is one of my favorite things to talk about in Avatar, and I could probably talk about it more, but I am not going to because I'll get really rambly after this, but yeah, I think it's important that we, we look at Yue and her character arc and her death from a wider lens than we typically do because it was important. It was very I don't know. I think that's all I have to say. I'd like to thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and if you wouldn't mind listening to a few other episodes, if you enjoyed it, that would be awesome. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will see you next time. Bye.